This is CliffCentral.com. It's time to see what's happening in the economy. Of course, first thing on a Monday morning, we don't mess around. But first, another beautiful version of the song for Anthea. It's almost the disco version, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she worked hard for the Monday. For it, Hyundai. All right. Good morning, Anthea. Good morning, Gareth. All right. What do we have? Well, really a dislocation between the economy and the stock market. Because Friday was the fifth straight day of gains on the Johannesburg Stock Exchange. We were up about a tenth of a percent. For the week, we were up 2.6%. Value traded $1.4 billion, which is about 19 billion rand. Um, So all good. But then we also had uh, the retailers reporting and not so good. So just back to the stock market quickly. Resources were up about 63 basis points. Financials were up a quarter of a percent. And industrials were down about a tenth of a percent. Did you buy Steinoff? I did, Friday okay. morning, when you told us to. Well done, because it ended 3% higher, which is not great. I thought it would have done it's a bit better. It's not a bad better. start. Yeah, it's okay. Oh. I, I, I'm looking for like a 10, 15% bounce. So more to come, I hope. Holding thumbs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Volume in the stock is huge. Three and a half times average daily volume traded on Friday, which is not as big as Thursday, which was 18 times average daily volume. Um, and then the iron ore names had a big rally. Um, iron ore spot was much higher in China on Friday morning. So African Rainbow Minerals was up 6%. Kumba was up 3.5%. By the way, this reminds me. African Rainbow Mineral, you know, is um, owned by Patrice Motsepe. Mm-hmm. And he recently said that it looks like he's going to list his investment holding company, which is called ARC, A-R-C, African Rainbow Capital. Okay. Um, the interesting thing is I think he'll list on the JSE. He's looking to raise between 3 and 5 billion rand on the listing. But he actually also owns a stake in the secondary um, exchange called A2X. You know we have more than one stock exchange in Johan- in, in South yes. Africa at the moment. Eh? People mm-hmm. don't know that. Yeah. Um, he, they, they currently have access to 17 billion rand. So to raise another 3 to 5 I'm not sure what the point is. I guess what it does when you list a company is give it um, a rubber stamp, really, you, you know, because when you go through the listing, it's actually quite a big deal. You have to tick all the boxes. You have to go through corporate governance. You pay a million rand a year just just to be listed. And you have to have sponsors like the Guptas found out with Oak Bay. So it's quite a big deal. Um, it's quite an expensive exercise as well. Um, but the point of being listed on the stock market is that gives you access to capital. And we always talk about um, doing companies doing capital raises, issuing more shares, getting more money in to spend on growing their business. So I suppose that is part of the deal. You know, um, I think of Long for Life, they raised only 2 billion rand, right, which I thought was quite small. Mm-hmm. Um, but subsequently, they've grown it to over 5 billion rand. So I suppose that's the point of being listed on the stock market. All right. Before we get into any specifics, a lot of people have been asking me to ask you about cryptocurrencies, about Bitcoin and all that stuff. Now, I know you. this is not something that you want to talk about in a hurry because it's not something that you – you don't put yourself out there as being an expert in this field. 
Definitely not. In fact, <laughs> but I, I, again, like friends of mine over the weekend, and we always get a slew of messages here from people who've done really, really well out of Bitcoin and all the rest of it. There are also people who have done badly. They just don't. Uh, they don't talk stick about that. It's like gamblers who don't tell you about their losses; they tell and you about their wins. Derivatives traders—they're pretty much the same. <laughs> all right. So you don't think it would be worth taking a gamble in this stuff? Um, I'm going to leave that entirely up to you. So I, I think it's fun. Like, I think, why not? So, and, and there's a couple of things here. So either you can buy into a blockchain company uh-huh. or you can go into the mining or you can buy straight cryptocurrency Bitcoin. I don't, you know, and I've had people try to explain this to me and I don't really understand the fundamentals. Like, I, I understand the fundamentals. Like, I understand that people say there's only so much. There's a nice ledger, blah, blah, blah. I get it. I get it. I don't see the excitement about it like i don't so i think everyone says that there's only so much bitcoin that can be mined that's such bullshit <laughs> that's rubbish because if they decided tomorrow that they wanted to release more bitcoin they absolutely could but who's they i mean isn't it everybody See, who and owns? that's and that's the other problem with this it's um <clears throat> there, there was a there's a name for this guy that or there, there are three or four of them that hold the code for the cryptocurrency for bitcoin right um and it's all so secretive and but i thought that it was a um a very public ledger that you couldn't no one owns that code, absolutely. That it's a, Somebody it's, has to own the code. It's owned by everybody who no. has Bitcoin. And you all no. double-check each other the whole time. No, you don't go in and, and code when you buy Bitcoin. There are four people who, who own the code separately between them. Somebody has to have the, the, the lines of code that, makes this thing, that make this thing run and that's, that, that say there are only a million Bitcoins. Somebody has to have it. it, it like the, That's the big mystery. That's the big rubbish story that I'm not buying okay. is that oh it's not owned by anyone it absolutely CCR? is I've, I've, I've fired her up now <laughs> Jeez, we didn't expect this this morning right? Jeez, and she's All setting right. us straight anyway look I, I, I put you on a diversion there but the real story is back on the stock market we're talking about retailers and everything yeah. else let's get back to that okay let's talk Woolworths and MassMart they both reported last week Woolworths sales growth was pretty weak um, 3% growth Adjusted headline earnings per share was down 7.9%. So this is really not looking good for Woolworths. I mean, there have been a couple of things. Not only is the South African economy difficult, but they've had a few issues in Australia as well, you know, with their David Jones brand and a couple of other things that they've launched. Um, and, and last week we were talking with ShopRite's results where the ShopRite was saying that they wanted to eat Woolworths lunch, you know, in other words – offer branded or unbranded or higher quality goods that the Woolworths shop, shopper would go into checkers and purchase. Uh-huh. You think uh, that'll work? Well, I don't know. It feels like it does. It feels like it is working. It feels like people are shopping down. People don't have the money. Woolworths are seen as a luxury brand mm-hmm. and people don't have the money. Yeah, but Anthea, can you imagine going into your book club and one of your mates has spotted you coming out of a shop right? And they only go to Woolworths. It's got nothing to do with the products. The audacity. I'll be like, did I you know. see How Regina last week? tell me I go to a book club. What is wrong with this no, I'm man? Talking, I'm talking about general, general Woolworths shoppers. Can you imagine one of them walking out with like, bot, like labelless Chardonnay? Did you They would see? get absolutely lynched at the next meeting. So I think the entire 
South Africa, the entire consumer population is actually in trouble and that everyone is shopping down. So I don't think that judgment is still there anymore. In fact, I think it's the other way around. Now when you go, you come out of Woolworths with your most expensive meat in the country by kilogram, mm. people are looking at you going, oh, really? I don't think anyone believes that you can actually afford it. Hmm. Hmm. You were going to say something. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. sa- same goes for cars. I mean, come on. Exactly. Yeah. It's exactly the same thing. No one's yes. going to start buying down if they can still just keep stretching and get that BMW. Yeah, well, there you go. The consumer. People on the smartest you, Anthea. Certainly so. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> and then Mass Mart's another one of those stories. Unfortunately, they have a lot of discretionary spend, you know, Dion Wired, Jumbo, Game. Um, and people are not doing that anymore. People don't have money to buy new TVs. So instead of changing their TV, how often do people change TVs? Three years, five years? I don't know. Yeah. Mine's, I've had mine for six, and I'm, I'm certainly not going to spend more money on a TV. If oh, it right, still see? works and it's the exact same function. I know I'm people, I know people who still have those old cathode ray ones. They're not going to change those. <laughs> you know that's the ones that you know which ones I'm talking about? Yeah, that, that's some that's really deep antiques. issues. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So mass smart sales growth was up 0.5%, so half a percent, but the bottom line was down 10.7%. So huge declines in profitability in the retailers at the moment. And the other thing that we're seeing quite apparently with the retailers is that everyone is discounting. So everything's on sale so that they can get people into the store to purchase. But what the only thing that that does for the retailers is actually squeeze their margin. So they're trying to get people in to spend money, but mm-hmm. they're not making that much in profit, unfortunately. All right, let's talk about NUSPAS and the AGM. Because uh, this this is fun. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> this is something called activist investing or activist shareholding, right? So, And this is important to all of us now because we're all hashtag investors and we all right. own shares in companies, which means that we can now go to an AGM and vote. We can, ahead of time, ahead of the AGM, write to the secretary of the company and put something on the agenda, such as remuneration, which is always a big thing. Should these CEOs get paid so much? I mean, so what was what's his name? Bob Van Dyke. He took home last year two point two million dollars, so twenty eight million rand, twenty eight and a half that million. That was salary. Rand. No, it's a combination of okay. salary and a little bit of extra shares. But that doesn't sound as <laughs> as, as extreme as some of the. No, not like Whitey Bassan, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, their CFO and their CIO took home 17 and 34 million rand respectively. So the question is, should they be paid so much? Um, and it's all about corporate governance and are they doing the right thing for the shareholder? That's one issue, remuneration. The other issue is, should they be extracting 10 cent out of NASPERS, listing it separately, as a separate entity and creating value. Do you remember Bidvest, Bidcorp, when they did that, they created billions of rands worth of extra value for the shareholder. So that's the other thing. Yeah. And quite frankly, I think Kurs Becker, who's the chairman of NASPERS, put everyone on their place on Friday. I mean, there were a couple of things he says. So on the, on the issue of corporate governance, he says, it sounds wonderful. If you want to be the best soccer team in the world, it is important to wash your hands after using the bathroom. But will you win? Not unless you train the hardest, recruit the best, and are merciless in your ambition. Once you have won, then you can look at things. If you lose, the best governance in the world can't help you. And and it's like wow. it's a, yeah. So it's a question like I want to pose to people: like you're a shareholder, 
Would you go to an AGM and say, well, I'm a shareholder in this company and I'm not happy with what's going on here. I'm going to vote against, for example, maybe Bob van Dyke and, and uh, Vasily and Mark, the, the top guys at Naspers, weren't earning that much. But would you have gone to the ShopRite AGM last year and said to Christo Visa, no, you cannot pay Whitey Bassan 100 million rand? Yeah. Would you have? I, I wouldn't. I'm not an activist <laughs> shareholder. No, hell. Let them pay what but they... But you have the right to. So why Yeah, I'm... it's none of my business, though. I, I, if, the, if the profits are coming in from a shareholder point of view, then I suppose the guy's doing his job, then he must be paid properly. And, and if it's a certain... However they figure that money out, that's about them managing the business. They're two great activist investors in the U.S. In South Africa, it doesn't work that well because you have to be able to go short the share and trust... That you're going to make money. And uh, one is Bill Ackman from Pershing. I think mm-hmm. I might have mentioned him before. He has a tagline. Do you remember his tagline? The only thing bigger than his, than his hedge fund is his ego. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he started Pershing in 2004 with $54 million. Took it all the way up to $29.7 billion. I mean, that's worth being an activist shareholder for. And basically, he walks into companies and he says, I think you can extract value either by buying another company, extracting one from the other, combining, consolidating. So like a couple of things, you know, he's had a big hit with Allergen, which is a pharmaceutical and Valiant. So he pushed for the merger to happen. But guess what? Then Valiant, I mean… So he made, I don't know what it was, $2.6 billion just on that deal alone. Oh, wow. So, yeah, maybe you do want to be an activist nice. shareholder. All right. But then he had another issue when Valiant had an issue with their pricing of their drugs. And the share fell by, I think it was like 9% in one day. And, of course, you can imagine he lost a lot of money. So there's always that like kind of balance between what to do, what not to do. And actually, the other thing that Bob Fondag said, which I must tell you about NASPERS, Mm-hmm. Is because people think because ten cent is worth a hundred and thirty percent of Naspers. So I told you Naspers is trading at a discount. If yes. you just take the ten cent value, you you're, the, the, it should be a three thousand five hundred rand share basically. And um, Bob van Dyke said that in oh, now I have to remember these numbers. I think it was two thousand and four. People were telling him that he needed to sell his ten cent stake because it was now worth one Hong Kong dollar per share in ten cent. Five years ago, they were saying he had to sell his stake in ten cent. Nasbes had to sell this because they'd made so much money. It was now trading at forty five Hong Kong dollars per share. And then again recently, they said to him, "Now you really have to sell your stake in ten cent because it's three hundred and twenty five dollars." A Hong Kong dollars a share. So basically, I mean, this activism shareholding, isn't it great that we're shareholders, but, uh. We don't have to get involved. That's the best part. Is you, you know what? Sometimes doing nothing is the right thing to do. Maybe. Anyway. Passive we, investor. We don't see this going downhill anytime soon. So let's stick around with so NASPERS. We're not going to go to the, I'm sure there are companies where you would want to go and vote and say kind of what is the issue here. Mm-hmm. Can imagine better ways to spend my time. <laughs> uh, all right. Lastly, uh, Janet Yellen, you spoke about her the other day. She gave some big speech at Jackson Hole, which is always a massive thing. People love to pay attention to these Jackson Hole speeches. All the central bankers. Yeah. Um, very exciting central bankers. Yeah. Um, such exciting people. <laughs> Actually, it was was a non-event as I thought it was going to be. She really gave away absolutely nothing. You know, this is probably her last Jackson Hole, right? So she, I think her contract ends in February or March. Okay. And um, 
then it's up to Trump to elect the next central U.S. central Uh-oh. bank. <laughs> I know. Uh oh. <laughs> We're all very nervous about it. We do think it's going to be a traditionally Goldman Sachs type person, or at least a Wall Street person. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, uh, Mario Draghi did speak up. He's still talking about, um, tapering and not supporting the balance sheet and kind of, you know, not not buying as much bonds as before, but he's still worried that there is inflation. So I don't think he's going to stop this quantitative easing immediately. So we're, we're okay still to go. I mean, th- I think the euro was incredibly strong after he spoke. Oh, sorry, weaker after he spoke on Friday. Um, okay. Because, you, you know, it's just nothing, nothing there, nothing to see really. Very boring, Jackson Hole. All right, well, I'm glad I wasn't there either. <laughs> shareholders, activist shareholders meetings and uh, AGMs and then these uh, Jackson Hole talks. I can skip both of those. The, oh. the activist shareholders gets quite exciting, actually. No, come on. No, okay. no, no it's not right. exciting. Come on. All right. What are we? <laughs> this is ridiculous. We've got Game of Thrones, right? Uh, are you excited? I am. You do? You like this? Yeah. Yay. Very excited. It's not just us, Can't Mabs. wait. See? It's not just us and the childish people who care about these things. Oh, no, no, no. If it gets Anthea's stamp of approval, then I'm happy. We don't have to feel uh, guilty. Mm-mm. All right. We'll get to said by Sia next. Thank you, Anthea. We'll check in with you tomorrow. Thanks. There we go, Anthea Gardner. This is CliffCentral.com.